0: Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee, it's the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped to decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we cannot recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Friday. We are presented today by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Friday afternoon, sending you guys into the weekend with a quick edition of the show. Just got a few listener questions that I want to get to on this afternoon. Probably a shorter show than normal. But I got a couple of good questions here. On the small forward spot, as always... Maybe some potential targets in the draft, although Nuggets don't have a draft pick. But based on their success in the second round over the last few years, I think Denver would like to get back into the second round. I think we could see them get a second round pick before things are all said and done here, before the draft is over. Had a good week of shows this week. If you missed Thursday's show, I recommend you guys go back and listen to it. Kind of my end of season review, end of season report card on Gary Harris. They also talked about Will Barton's EP for a little bit. Ranked the five songs on that mixtape that he put out this week, five to one. Tell me what you guys think about that. As always, drop me an email, wind at bsndenver.com. Call into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. Let's go ahead and get right into it. I want to start with this question from Mario. He Gotten a question, I think earlier this week, but came with another good one today. He writes in Hi, Harrison. A few episodes ago, you talked about how the Nuggets need to find their Andre Iguodala, like the Golden State Warriors did in 2013 when they signed Iguodala as a free agent. Iguodala was the missing piece Golden State needed in order to win their first championship in 2015. I feel you are around the money, and I really liked your point. Just to expand on that a little bit, real quick, before we get back to Mario's question here. For you guys who didn't listen to that episode, didn't read the piece where I made that analogy, I'm just talking about who would be the perfect kind of player for Denver to sign this summer. And the track Denver's on, kind of reminiscent to the one that the Warriors were on way back in 2013. Uh, They kind of came out of nowhere and advanced to the conference semifinals. Of course, they beat the Nuggets in the first round this year and then lost. They went ahead and rolled everything back. They pretty much ran back their rotation that season to 2014, but did sign Andre Iguodala. And he really proved to be that missing piece where they still had their five starters from the year before. But Iguodala started a few games in 2014, came off the bench for a few games, obviously. Really propelled him in the right direction. He was a Swiss Army knife. He was their missing piece. So ideally, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to be able to find their Andre Iguodala this summer. But an ideal summer would be finding that three-four. I guess it would be a Chris Middleton. I think, in, in my opinion, is probably the closest comparison out there. Maybe Tobias Harris. You could label him under that Andre Iguodala type of player. That'd be the perfect off for Denver. Unfortunately, I don't. Think that's quite there. There are also some similarities because to sign Ingadala, Denver or Golden State need to dump a lot of salary. I think they dumped close to 24 million that offseason. Denver would have to not dump that much money, but maneuver some things with their salary cap to get enough space to sign one of those guys. Anyways, Mari goes on to write: I think I found the player who is very similar to Igadala for the Nuggets. Unfortunately, he's not a veteran like Andre was when he joined the Warriors. The player the Nuggets need to get is Matisse Theibel. He's available in this year's draft. He played for the University of Washington and is recognized as one of the best defenders to play in the Pac-12. Matisse is a wing player. Physically, he's similar to Iguodala, 6'5", 6'6", with a 7-foot wingspan. He has a 41-inch vertical. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year over the past two seasons. Last season was the NCAA Defensive Player of the Year. 22 years old, so he will be a mature rookie and fit in perfectly with the core of the Nuggets age-wise. Check out his highlights. He's a defensive demon. He's being mocked mid to late first. There are a few teams in this year's draft who have multiple picks. Maybe the Nuggets can trade with one of those teams, Boston, Atlanta, San Antonio. Or maybe a team is seeking salary cap relief, and the Nuggets can take back a player into their trade exceptions. Again, a first-round pick, OKC, Portland, or Milwaukee. Would love your thoughts on Matisse Steibel since I know you watch a lot of Pac-12 hoops. Mario goes on to write, one more player the Nuggets should consider in this draft is Mifondu Cabangeli. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Probably am. Of Florida State. He's being touted as the next Serge Ibaka. Six foot ten with a seven foot two wingspan. He's twenty one years old and a sophomore. Above average shot blocker. Who shot thirty seven percent from three. He has some intangibles making him a perfect fit for the Nuggets. Florida State gave us Malik Beasley, which was a great pick from Denver, and he is the nephew of Nuggets great that can be Matumbo. I did not know that. By drafting him, the Nuggets franchise can make up for the terrible mistake Bernie Bickerstaff made in 1996 by letting Matumba leave as a free agent and getting nothing in return. He's more of a power forward than a center, like Dikembe was. He's being mocked late first to early second. I would love to see the Nuggets get him on their team this summer. Mario signs off with "Love your thoughts." Thanks for all the offseason pods recently. My respect to Ranchman, who we'll hear from in a little bit it's great to hear from a longtime passionate Nuggets fan like Evan. It certainly is. I echo those comments as well. So a couple thoughts on both those guys. Well, actually, first off, Nuggets don't have a pick this year. I think it's going to be pretty tough for them to get into the first round. They'd probably have to say goodbye to somebody like Malik Beasley, who I think they could have gotten a first round pick for in the past, You know, going back to not last season, but even in 2017. I think there were some teams interested in him for a first-round pick potentially. I think the Thunder, if I remember correctly. But it's going to be tough for them to get into the first round, not because this is a particularly strong draft by any means, but it just doesn't seem terribly likely. And first-round picks are more valuable now than ever, it certainly seems. But there are some teams with multiple first rounders like Mario mentioned, Atlanta, who maybe they're looking to package all those picks to move up into the top five. That's what a lot of people have been saying after this recent trade with Brooklyn uh, that netted them another pick or two. So we'll see, but I think it would be tough for them to get up into the first round unless they move on from a guy like Malik Beasley, which could be a possibility because his heyday is coming up pretty soon here. And Denver's got a bunch of other money to hand out probably before they get to Beasley. So I don't know. Getting into the first round is going to be tough, but I love Matisse Steibel. I'll admit I did not watch a lot of college hoops this season. And with the Nuggets not having a first rounder, I haven't been studying up on the draft as I normally do this time of year. Like when Denver had the 14th pick last year, and I was pretty immersed in the prospects that Denver could nab with that selection because, you know, you can get a significant role player at 14. The fact that Denver does not have a draft pick right now, I'll admit it guys. I have not been paying a ton of attention to the draft. But I did watch Matisse Steibel a few times because I do watch Colorado, one of the few college teams I really watched. I mean, probably watched close to every Colorado game and a few Duke games thrown in there few North Carolina games. But I did watch Stiebel, and I love him. He's actually one of the prospects that I know a bit about and one of my favorite guys in this draft. But it does seem like Denver would have to get into that first round to get him. So I don't know how easily that could be done. I mean, he seems like a player that's kind of tailor-made for the NBA with his defensive upside and his length and his size and his athleticism his experience, but doesn't really have the jump shots to go with it. The encouraging thing though is that Bible shot at 85% from the free throw line last season. And in college to the pros, free throw percentage is a better indicator of how well they will shoot from three at the next level than three point percentages. So I like him. I like him a lot. He's kind of in that Igadala mode, kind of a Swiss army knife, doesn't really have a natural position play some two, play some three, maybe some small ball four with his length and his size and his strength. He'd be a great fit in Denver. Unfortunately, it's going to be tough for Denver to get that high in the draft, I believe. The other guy you bring up out of Florida State, I didn't know about this guy. So thanks, Mario, for educating me on this. I did not know he was the nephew of Nuggets grade to Kimi Mutombo. Here's what I'll say about the Nuggets and Florida State. They're very well connected to that program. And it's a reason why they felt comfortable taking Malik Beasley, even with that injury he had at 19 overall three years ago. It's because they have deep ties to that program, deep ties to Leonard Hamilton and his staff. And so if there's a player at Florida State, I can guarantee you the Nuggets know him inside and out and would make a good call on either selecting him or, or not selecting him. I could see Denver taking a chance on a guy like this in the second round. I could also see Denver taking a chance on a guy that they can just draft and then stash in Europe for a couple years like they did with Flacco Chanchar two years ago. How the Nuggets roster is shaping up right now, it seems like if they run it back like I assume they will, they'd likely have two open roster spots. Maybe one of those goes to a third string point guard. Maybe they keep Brandon Goodwin on another two-way deal. Maybe he's elevated to their third point guard and another would probably go to a free agent signing. Maybe that's another big man. Maybe that's a three. And so I don't think they'd have a roster spot that they'd just be willing to give to a guy. Maybe if they do draft a guy in the second round, he's on either a two-way or they stash him in Europe. That's what I would think. Thanks for the question, Mario. I'm interested to get into the draft over the next few weeks. So if you guys do have draft questions, keep sending them my way. I'm going to study up a bit on some potential second rounders because I do think there's a good chance Denver gets back into this thing in the second round. So if you guys have second rounders that you're liking, let me know about them. I know a lot of our international listeners probably have a few second rounders that they think would be good fits on the Nuggets. So send them over. Hit me on Twitter at Harrison Wind. Hit me through email Wind at bsndenver.com or on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. I want to remind you guys, if you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, this is a great time to jump on board. Tons of Nuggets content coming out over the course of the summer. We got Summer League in July. Going to have a lot of great content from Las Vegas. Obviously, free agency in July where Denver, they might not add a big name, but they'll have a decision to make with Paul Millsap. We'll have coverage around the clock on BSNNuggets.com, BSN Denver. And of course, you get access to our Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche coverage as well. And right now, you can get a one-year subscription that comes out to only $3.33 a month. And you're also going to get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. Nugget shirts, Rocky shirts, Avalanche shirts on there. So get access to all the content we put out And I always tell people that what we do on the podcast here, if you're only subscribed to the podcast, you're missing out on a lot of coverage. You're missing out on a lot of coverage that I reference on this show. So if I reference something and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's probably because it's in an article. It's in a piece on the website. So bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Again, you can get a one-year subscription for only $3.33 a month. A lot of people have jumped on board with this deal. We've seen our subscriber count grow here a lot, just on the nugget side over the last couple of weeks. So thanks to you guys who have already hopped on board. And you also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. Also, don't forget to download our app on the iTunes Store. It's available on Android as well. Great one-stop shop for podcasts and the written content on BSN Denver.com. So let's hit a break real quick. Couple more questions to get to on the other side of this break we'll be right back
1: if you're living in colorado and you are craving some good old southern barbecue be sure to give mo's original barbecue a try
2: my favorite thing about mo's original barbecue is we are a southern soul food revival we make everything from scratch daily house made smoked meats Cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented, of course, by The Green Solution. If you visit mygreensolution.com and use promo code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Hope everybody had a good week. Friday afternoon, quick show today. Send you guys off into the weekend. Got another question here. This one comes from Evan, a.k.a. Ranchman from Castle Rock. You guys know him. He says, here is my proposal for shoring up the small forward position and strengthening the bench. My first preference is to trade Will Barton for Robert Covington. This trade works straight up. If the Timberwolves are leery of trading for Will Barton due to his salary or last season injury, as I suspect they will be, then the Nuggets could use their trade exception along with Malik Beasley In return for Covington and two unprotected second round picks in the coming years. I would then attempt to sign Danny Green to the mid-level in order to shore up the shooting guard position after the Barton or Beasley departure via trade. The trade and the free agency signing would improve the team defensively at both the starting small forward positions by obtaining Covington, as well as improve the bench defensively by leaps and bounds by acquiring Green. I don't love giving up Beasley who has a very positive upside, but his arc is that of a starter in this league and I'm not sure that a path exists for the Nuggets from the start. I'm sure that's his goal. Unless the Nuggets are going to trade Harris and create an opening at the shooting guard position, then Beasley is a valuable asset that can be leveraged. I don't think Harris will be traded due to his all-around versatility unless he is part of a blockbuster trade. I expect a big bounce back from Gary Harris in this upcoming season. Eventually, the Nuggets will have to move Beasley due to the salary constraints in future years and a talent logjam. I also don't think Beasley will be willing to sign an extension this offseason, making this a good time to pull the trigger on a trade. Evan goes on to write, I always say that a general manager can't fall so in love with his draft picks that he stymies the ability to improve the team. Conley talks about doing deals, but no deal that involves acquiring talented players can happen unless one is willing to give up commensurate value from a position of depth. So a couple interesting points in there. I referenced... The Atlanta-Brooklyn deal that was reported on this week, that was agreed to with Brooklyn and Atlanta, and pretty much what that deal was, if you guys didn't see it, Atlanta sent Torian Prince, a guy who we've actually talked about in this podcast quite a bit, to Brooklyn in exchange for Alan Crabb and a couple future draft picks. And what this trade did for both teams It opened a lot of cap space for Brooklyn, who now it seems like they're in the pole position to get Kyrie Irving. And maybe with another small move, they could open up enough cap space to sign a 35% max guy as well, a la Kevin Durant. So that's what Brooklyn was looking to accomplish in that deal. They also got back Torian Prince, and then they sent Alan Crabb, who is on a inflated contract that was signed in the summer of 2016 when teams just went crazy and signed all these guys to bad deals. The Blazers originally signed him to that, of course. Then he went to Brooklyn. Now he's heading to Atlanta. The Hawks have a lot of cap space. They're willing to take on other teams' money that they want to get off of. Atlanta doesn't think they'll be a free agent destination this summer. So they're taking advantage of that. They're saying, give us your bad money, but also give us your draft picks. And we'll stockpile them for a future trade or just to accumulate a lot more talent in this draft. So that's what both sides wanted to do there. But how this relates to the Nuggets is the Torian Prince factor. Not because he's a guy we've talked about on this podcast that could potentially be a target for Denver to play some minutes at the three and on the wing, maybe at the four, but because Atlanta traded Torian Prince who was in the same draft class as Malik Beasley, the 2016 draft. Torian Prince was actually the 12th overall pick in that draft. Beasley went 19th. Jamal Murray, Juancho Trieron Gomez also in this draft. But like Beasley, Torian Prince is up for a rookie extension this summer slash fall. He can sign that up until the first game of the season. And then if he doesn't agree to that, he will be a restricted free agent after next year. Malik Beasley, as we've talked about on the show, is also in that boat. And you get the feeling from reading this situation from afar, Atlanta wasn't going to pay Torian Prince, that rookie extension. He was playing on a rookie deal these last few years. Good value at the 12th pick for the production he gave Atlanta, but didn't seem like he was in their long-term future plans. He was drafted under the previous regime, than the one that's currently in charge under Travis Schlenk. seemed like he had fallen out of favor there. But from a high-level view, it didn't seem like Atlanta was going to pay him an extension. They kind of got some value for him and really were able to put him in a trade and make him a valuable asset in a trade before they would have had to pay him. And Denver's going to have to decide if they're going to pay Malik Beasley pretty soon. And Evan brought up the point there that I don't know if Beasley would agree to an extension because he obviously wants to start. Gary Harris is ahead of him in the starting lineup. I don't know what Beasley's thinking is there. Maybe he wants to secure some long-term money. Maybe finding a future starting position would be more important to him. I'm not sure what his thinking is. But if you're Denver, you could think about this in a way that Atlanta did with Torian Prince. Obviously, the two teams are in much different positions. Atlanta, maybe they could flirt with the playoffs next season, and Torian Prince would have been valuable to a playoff push, whereas the Nuggets are going to be really counting on Malik Beasley next year for a heavy dose of minutes. But Atlanta didn't think they'd be able to pay Torian Prince, didn't want to pay him. And Denver, it's going to be tough to pay Malik Beasley his value. Uh, I think just from looking at this thing from a high level view, you got to pay Jamal Murray. Who knows what the Millsap contract is going to look like if they s- decline that team option and sign him to uh, a multi-year deal here. So Denver should probably be approaching the situation with Beasley with kind of the long-term view in mind, and and saying maybe we look to trade this guy so we don't have to pay him that rookie extension and as Evan brought up here in this question Robert Covington's out there I think he would be gettable and if I'm Minnesota maybe you want to grab Malik Beasley a guy with obviously higher upside who you would have to pay maybe this summer maybe this fall or or maybe take him to restricted free agency and then Denver seems like they'd be attracted to a guy like Robert Covington who's already under a pretty reasonable deal for what he can provide to you on both ends of the floor. So that trade actually makes a little bit of sense to me. You can move Will Barton to the bench there, start Covington at the three, and Barton could give you that punch that Malik Beasley did this season in that six-man role, which I know from the listeners of this podcast, you guys would be Really happy to see Will Barton return to that six-man role. That's an interesting notion for me. Beasley, and you'd have to get the salary to work some way uh, with the trade exceptions or whatnot, but a deal that's something like Beasley for Robert Covington. That's interesting to me. I think that'd be something I'd explore if I was Denver. Evan says his preference is Will Barton for Covington. I would agree, but I don't really get that from Minnesota's perspective why you would do that. Beasley for Covington, that's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So I wonder if Denver would look to explore that. Evan's other questions here, other points, he would attempt to sign Danny Green to the mid-level exception spot to shore up the shooting guard position. If a Beasley for Covington or if a Barton for Covington trade did come to fruition I like Danny Green. Let me rephrase that. I love Danny Green. I love him as an offensive player, as an off the ball mover, as a screener, as a shooter, obviously one of the best three point shooters in the league. I think he's a high IQ defender as well, can play a couple different positions. Denver's going to have to have that playing time available for him if he's going to come here though. He's coming from Toronto. And I, it seems like it's going to be tough for Toronto re- to re-sign him. But uh, I wouldn't bet that he's a Raptor through next season. I think he's elsewhere. But he's starting for Toronto in the finals. He's a 30-plus minute per game player. Tough to see him getting 30-plus minutes in Denver unless a guy like Will Barton isn't here. And maybe a starting spot is open. Maybe that six-man spot is open at the least. But Danny Green, I think he'd be a great fit but I'm sure he's going to have a lot of suitors this summer, especially coming off this finals run. Thanks, Evan, for the question. Certainly appreciate it. You did write about Gary Harris here, that you expect a bounce-back season for him. Man, I hope so, because Gary really had a frustrating season. It was defined by injuries, and his last four years have really been defined by injuries. He was the ultimate tease this season, right? Start off the season great, the first month. Probably Denver's most consistent player, maybe over the first month of the season. When he's healthy, probably Denver's just second best player, second most impactful player, second best all around player. Then he had the injuries throughout the middle portion of the season the hamstring, the hip injury. Just a bunch of stuff went wrong for him. And then he comes back at the end of the year and is great over the last couple of weeks of the season and was great in the playoffs. Obviously, changed the whole direction of that first round series against the Spurs when Denver put him on Derek White. Really took Derek White out of that series. He was great. And then I even thought in the second round against Portland, he was great defending Damian Lillard along with Torrey Craig. And I even thought he was solid defending CJ McCollum, although McCollum was an absolute beast in that series. I thought Gary Harris played good defense, but some of those shots McCollum hit were just unreal. So Gary's season. It really seems like at this point, it's just going to be defined by if he can stay healthy or not. Can he play 70 games, right? Denver actually covered for him really well. And that was one of the more surprising things when looking at the numbers. Nuggets were 38-19 and 19 with Harris in the lineup. They were 16-9 and 9 with him out of the lineup. And that really speaks to Beasley, Monte Morris, really all those guys stepping up. Torrey Craig when he was out of there, they really filled in for him admirably. But man, he was just a tease this season, right? When he was healthy, he was so good. When he was banged up, you were kind of just wanting more. And when he's healthy, you know, he's just taking it to the rack with that confidence, with that burst and that power, that patented Gary Harris power. When he's banged up, doesn't seem like he has that same confidence taking it to the hole. And that's understandable. You know, you would expect him not to want to get hit, not to put his body in danger when he's not feeling 100% confident, but when he's 100% healthy and on that right hand coming off a screen or a dribble handoff, not many people can stop him. I hope he's healthy next season too. And ideally, I think the Nuggets want to keep building this thing and keep climbing the conference and climbing into that contender status with Gary Harris as their starting shooting guard. Thanks for the question, Evan. Certainly appreciate it. I want to go to one more question here before I take this second break. Got a question from Rob through email. Would a trade for Bruno Caboclo be worth the gamble? Could he be a potential good 3 and D guy who would fit the timeline age-wise? Would the Grizzlies even consider moving him, and what would we have to offer to get him? Bruno Caboclo, if you're not familiar with the story, drafted in 2014, the line when he was drafted, I believe, by Fran Freshilla, ESPN analyst. He's two years away from being two years away. He was drafted by the Raptors. Did not do anything really in his first four and a half seasons up there. Went to Sacramento, was in Memphis last year, and actually flashed some upside. 8.3 points, 43% shooting from the field, 37% from three, 84% from the line. He's long, six foot nine, two hundred and eighteen pounds, can jump out of the gym is athletic. What would Denver have to give up to get him? Man, I don't know. Probably not much though. I mean, here's a guy who's only 23, still got some upside here. Obviously has the frame of a small forward, still really thin, still pretty raw. I can't imagine Memphis is like really looking to get rid of him cuz he has flashing potential for them. It was really the first time he's gotten minutes, he's put up numbers here. Uh, you probably have to give a future first round pick. I'm guessing probably a future first round lottery protected pick. If you're Denver kind of that, that might be the least you would have to give up. And I don't know. I don't really see Denver doing that, but it's interesting. I haven't heard that name in a while, but it would kind of fit that archetype Denver's looking for. I don't know if he's the defender. The Nuggets would want long-term there. He hasn't really proved that Memphis. You know, outside of those first couple months of the season, Memphis wasn't really like a real team last year <laughs> over the second half of the season. So I, I don't know really how much you can put in those stats or how much his game right now would translate to a team that's playing at a high level like Denver playing playoff type intensity games. But thanks for the question, Rob. I appreciate it. Keep emailing in if you got more questions for the show, wind at bsndenver.com. Let's hit another break. We'll wrap up on the other side. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years.
0: Back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, we are presented, of course, by The Green Solution. If you visit mygreensolution.com and use promo code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Harrison Wint here on a Friday. Wrap it up today's show. The final thing I want to throw out there, and this might be teasing a little something, a little portion of an article that might be posting on Denver.com next week. The other name that's out there as a potential trade target, we talked about Robert Covington. At length on this podcast. We've talked about Anthony Davis some as well. What about Bradley Beal, though? He's another guy who's gettable, who I think added to this current core, even with who you would have to give up to get him, would help elevate this team up another level. I think if you're dealing for Covington, he would make you a better team. Obviously, I think if you're dealing for Anthony Davis and really, as long as you don't have to give up both Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, I think you're going to be a better team. I think you could even make the argument that if you gave up both those guys, you could still find a way to be what you were this season and have a higher ceiling or maybe even be a little better with just a core of Davis and Jokic. But anyways, the other guy that's out there who I think would obviously be a high-profile trade target and would definitely elevate this team up significantly, would be Brad Beal. And I think he's a guy who's gettable if you're Washington, maybe depending on who finally takes that job. Because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this Wizards GM slash President of Basketball Operations search since they got turned down by Tim Connolly. It's been pretty dormant. You get the feeling that Washington kind of led themselves to believe that they were going to get Connolly and does not seem like they really had a backup plan because there hasn't been much happening there over the last few weeks. And with the draft like two weeks out, uh, you probably want to get a president of basketball operations installed fairly soon. But anyways, you got to think that Bradley Beal is gettable for the right price. And Denver certainly has a lot of attractive assets that uh, I think Washington would look for. I mean, the most natural trade is probably Gary Harris and maybe one future pick or one other small piece for Beal. I'm sure the Wizards would rather Jamal Murray, but I don't think Denver would give up Jamal Murray in that deal. So Gary Harris, a package around him for Beal I think would be attractive. I think that makes Denver a better team. I really do. Beal is super durable. And I just spoke about how injuries have really written the story of Gary Harris's last few seasons. Bradley Beal is one of the more durable shooting guards in this league. I think is a better player overall than Gary Harris. But I mean, Beal's been a rock for the Wizards, 6'5", so he's a little taller than Gary is, I believe. But last season, he appeared in all 82 games, played in 82 games the year before that, 77 before that. So he's super durable, and I just think he's an upgrade there. So I think that'd be an interesting target for Denver. And you know with Tim Connolly's history and relationship with the Wizards, I think they'd be able to make that deal work. I don't think there would be like hard feelings there from a Wizards perspective and Connolly turning them down. I don't think that would be the case. Just with that familiarity, I think those two would work together to make a deal, Denver and Washington. And if you're the Wizards, you really got to look at all options on the table here. I don't think you can really run it back with this team, although they might be forced to. But I think that's another option Denver could look at. So if you're looking at the three kind of game changers that are available for trades that are gettable, Davis, Covington, and Bradley Beal would be my third option. I think it's an interesting look. I think it's an interesting topic to talk about and debate. I think it would make Denver a better team if you're trading him for a package that I just outlined. Let me know what you guys think. Total Beverage Fan Hotline is 1-800-BSN-8394. Hit me up via email, wind.bsndenver.com. That's all the time I got for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Talk to you then.
2: The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain.
1: That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world.